This is Stacey Hillier, and you are listening to the Prophetic Collective Podcast. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we continue in this mini series or collection on all things Sabbath. And before I get into it, you know, I just want to take a moment to thank you and to celebrate you. When God first spoke to me about starting a podcast called The Prophetic Collective, I was like, well, Lord, what's this going to look like? And it was in the midst of lockdown and it gave me a sense of purpose. It gave me a sense of excitement. And I do have to say, this is such a passion project for me. And so I'm so grateful that you're listening, that you're learning, that we're on this journey together, and that I'm getting to explore with you, prophetic people, a collection, a collective of prophetic people, what I feel like God is putting on my heart to share, what might be important in the season we're in as a world, as a society, as Christians and as the church, particularly as prophetic people. And in this season where we're all coming out of lockdown, I really felt like God said, I want you to teach on something that's been so powerful in my life, which is the Sabbath. I've noticed that I'm starting to get back into a rhythm that was kind of a pre-COVID rhythm that maybe wasn't all healthy. And so I've been re-looking and re-examining even my Sabbath practices. I've noticed a little bit of anxiety has begun to creep back into my life, rushing and hurry, and nobody's at their best when they're hurrying. And so I felt like this was a good time for us to focus on the Sabbath. And if you missed last week's episode, I laid the biblical foundations for a Sabbath and briefly covered the four pillars that we're going to look at in these episodes of a biblical Sabbath, which are stopping, resting, delighting, and contemplating. And today we look at the first one of those pillars, which is stopping. Mark Buchanan in his book, The Rest of God, which is a resource I highly recommend if you want to learn more about Sabbath. He said this, Sabbath is an invitation at one and the same time to empty yourself and to fill yourself. You know, I love that because it's a beautiful way to describe the gift of Sabbath because Sabbath is an emptying of all the things that we experience, both good and bad, during our weeks, to make room for more of God. It's a refilling from God in all the areas that really matter. And I've said it before on this podcast, and I'm sure I'll say it again. As prophetic people, it is so important that we have practices where we're being refilled through intimacy with Christ because we give out a lot. And when we get down to the dregs on the last couple of percent of our wells, our spiritual wells, we can begin to prophesy out of human observation and out of our human spirit. But we are called to bring revelations from the Father's heart through the Holy Spirit that calls the gold out of the dust of people's lives. When we operate from empty, we can begin to see the dust bigger than the gold. We can begin to make observations rather than to prophesy to the future. Observations of the present, which, you know, we can sometimes dress up as prophecy. But when Ezekiel looked at the valley of dry bones, he wasn't prophetic because he could see the bones. He was prophetic because he could see an army out of the bones. So it's very important we have practices to refill. And Sabbath, I would say, is my peace of resistance. Don't even know if I said that right, but you get my drift, right? It's the best thing ever. 
That's the Aussie way of saying it. It's the greatest. It's rad. It's awesome. It's sick. Oh, wow. We went there. Sabbath, let me not make light, is a treasure. But to experience it, we must get over a big cultural obstacle and learn how to stop right now. Thank you very much. Again, I quote Mark Buchanan, in a culture where busyness is a fetish and stillness is laziness, rest is sloth. But without rest, we miss the rest of God. The rest he invites us to enter more fully so that we might know him more deeply. Let me repeat a little phrase from in there. Without rest, we miss the rest of God. Now, this is, of course, talking about the rest we enter when God rested on the seventh day. But it's also talking about here a word play. When we don't rest, we miss the rest of God. We miss the rest of his character. We don't push past the surface level of who he is. We don't push past what we're learning in church and what we're hearing from other people, the surface level of the Bible. We want to go deeper and deeper from glory to glory and know all there is about the character of God. And we could spend our lifetime discovering that. But Sabbath is one of the richest ways to do that. Psalm 46 verse 10, we know it well on this podcast. Be still and know that I am God. Some knowing is never pursued people, only received. And for that, we need to be still and we need to stop. And so Sabbath is a day where firstly we stop. It's a day where we cease or we stop all work, paid and unpaid work. It's not a day where we pay bills. It's not a day where we catch up on household chores. It is a time where we embrace our limits. To recognize God is limitless, we are limited. And there are gifts and treasures to be discovered in our limits. You know, I've been raised in the sporting world and even in the musical world to push through my God-given limits. That's not Christ-like and that's not biblical. Sabbath is a day where we celebrate the fact we've got limits. We've got boundaries. We can't just run and run and run and run and run and run and run. We need to stop. And to know God well, we need to stop. To know ourselves well, we need to stop. And to recognize that he is God and we are not, we need to stop. God is infinite. We are finite. And we stop and acknowledge we are not God and we let go of the illusion that we are indispensable to the running of the world. Do you know when I first began to Sabbath, I honestly believed, this is hilarious, right? I'm laughing so you can laugh too, that our church wouldn't run if I took a day off. Lol, hello, tickets much? (laughs) Or that the world wouldn't continue spinning if I didn't stop. Well, I discovered that God is quite capable of running the world and his church Even when I take a day off, shocker, right? And you'll discover the same thing too. We let go of the unfinished to-do list. We pause on the goals. We rest from the projects and the universe keeps spinning. (laughs) Incredible. We stop anything to do with our paid work. This means no email, no phone calls for work, no planning meetings, no leadership tasks, no writing, anything to do with your work, you completely stop. So even the books I read on Sabbath and the way I read God's word is different 
Because part of my work is studying God's word. This is a day where I more enjoy Ignatian meditation or one little scripture, imagination practices, examining my soul, examine the practice of all the things we've already talked about rather than studying God's word. It's also a day where I don't read any leadership books. I read books on Sabbath or I read books on going slow, or I read poetry, or I read books on art, or I don't read at all. I turn off my phone, I turn off social media, I turn off my laptop. It is a no notification day. My phone goes on do not disturb and I leave it. I don't even take it with me. I don't put my watch on for the day. It's a day set apart and holy for God where I stop answering to everybody else and I talk to him. We also stop anything we do with unpaid work. No errands, no bills, no laundry, no grocery shopping, no cleaning the house. Amen. Hallelujah. But how is that even possible? I hear all the mothers saying, how? Well, it means we actually have to plan for and work towards our Sabbath. And we spoke about that last week, that this is what makes it very different than a day off. You have to plan for it. We have to make sure all of these things are done prior so we can completely stop. I love how the Jews do this so well. We can learn so much for them from them. And in the forward to his groundbreaking book called Sabbath, which is another recommended resource by Abraham Joshua Herschel, his daughter writes the intro and she writes that her favorite time of the week was the final hours leading up to Sabbath when the hustle and bustle of preparing to completely stop all paid and unpaid work was underway in the whole family. Meals were being prepared, washing was finished, floors were swept, but done with excitement because everyone knew they were about to stop completely. And I have to say that this doesn't feel like pressure to me. It's something I really enjoy because of the reward of Sabbath on the other side, because I can almost taste, smell and feel the horizon of Sabbath. And for me, I have to do all of this on Saturday because Sunday is my biggest work day and I'm often not home till after sunset. So because my Sabbath is sundown Sunday till sundown Monday, I have to do all my prep on Saturday. I have to make sure all the housework is done, make sure all the washing is done. And Saturday, interestingly, is the day my teenage kids Sabbath. So we serve them on this day so that they serve us on Monday on our Sabbath. That's an agreement we have within our family. We'll help you to Sabbath on Saturday by doing all your washing, getting you to all your basketball games, doing all the things. But then you're going to help us Sabbath on Monday by making the final preparations of the meal, making your own school lunches, making your own afternoon tea, helping clean up after dinner. So we've figured out ways where we can have moments of Sabbath with the kids on Saturday, but where we serve them and then they serve us on Monday. When they were smaller, it was different, but that's just how it works for us now. It's also meant there's been a season where I got a cleaner to come in on a Sunday while we were all out serving at church and clean the house so that Monday everything was done and we could just chill at home and fully Sabbath. You know that in today's society there exists a myth that to stop is to cease being useful. Do you know you are still useful even when you stop doing things? That's going to set someone free right now because this comes from a consumerist mindset that accepts the lie that we have worth because we produce something. And again, I shared part of my testimony on this last week. So go back and have a a listen. 
One of the gifts of Sabbath to me has actually been the revelation that we are just as loved by God when we stop, when we're doing nothing and cease producing, as when we are fully operating in the gifts and call that God has on us. Hey listeners, did you know that Stacey also has a guided prayers podcast? Contemplative prayer is a biblical and rich practice that helps us to step out of the hustle and to silence the noise to hear God's voice and to let his word dwell richly in us, transforming us from the inside out. With a new guided prayer released monthly, you too can discover the rich treasures of contemplative Christian practices. Find it wherever you listen to your podcasts by searching for Guided Prayers with Stacey Hillier. Now, back to Stace. You know, for me, it meant letting go of a misplaced identity badge that I mentioned, she's the can-do girl. Give it to her and she'll get it done. Well, guess what? I can't do everything and I no longer want to. And for however long I was committed to the illusion that I could get everything done, things were falling apart behind the scenes, if I'm really honest. It's when I let go of being the can-do person that my world is more centered and walking in the rhythms of grace that God has for me. And my family is healthy. My marriage is healthy. I had this feeling all the time that I wasn't enough everywhere because I'm not. I'm not enough. I'm not sufficient. Christ is sufficient in and through me. And I needed to admit, I'm not strong. You are strong in me. And I can celebrate that now like Paul does. I celebrate my weaknesses because Christ is strong in me. I don't need to put on this false self, the imposter, and pretend I have it all together. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm making it up as I go along and I'm following the Holy Spirit step by step. And I'm okay to admit that now, but that's taken growth because my identity needed rediscovering. I needed to go back to who I was in Christ before what I did for Christ. And maybe that's your story today. I love how King David writes in Psalm 139 about how God loves him, how he is breathtaking and marvelously made. And he's talking about when he was in his mother's womb. You can't do anything for God when you're in a mother's womb. And God loves us right there before we can do a thing for him. And I had to go back to that place of knowing I was fearfully and wonderfully made, that his works were wonderful before I could do a thing for him. You know, I remember the day that I was laying on the couch on Sabbath and Holy Spirit just came close and said, do you know, Stacey, that I love you just as much as you're laying here resting on the couch as when you're worship leading thousands of people? I love you exactly the same in both. Maybe that sounds obvious to you, but that was actually groundbreaking for me. So meditate on this for a moment. If you're a worship leader, a musician, a painter, a business person, a doctor, a stay-at-home mum or dad, whatever it is you do, have you believed the lie that you have more worth and are more lovable when you're nailing it in this role? Because if you have, you're going to believe that you're unlovable when you're not nailing it. God doesn't love you anymore when you're doing something for him. He loves you passionately and completely because you are his. And it's actually only when we do stop that we discover revelations of the height, the breadth and the depth of his love that is in no way attached to what we can do for him. It's hard to discover this revelation while we keep doing 
We discover it when we stop and we experience his love right there when we're doing nothing. You know, sometimes the most progress in our inner world is actually made when we stop. In fact, often it is. Because when we stop for long enough, God is given room as the gardener to do the important work of tending to the soil of our hearts and souls. And I talked about the metaphor of our heart as soil in last week's episode. We live in a world that doesn't value what is happening in the unseen, but celebrates and strives for lots of externals that are noted and praised by man. You won't get a round of applause from many people for doing the inner work of stopping and allowing the Father to garden your heart. But that's what really matters in the kingdom, maturing into full Christ-likeness, which Ephesians 4 talks about. We are becoming more like Christ every day, 2 Corinthians 3.18, by the power of the Holy Spirit. But this is only possible when we stop The work is accelerated. The inner work is accelerated when we decelerate and stop. There's a word for somebody. But why is it so difficult sometimes for us to stop? Well, stopping on Sabbath can actually be really scary because doing nothing productive leaves us feeling very vulnerable. Because as long as we keep busy, we can try to drown out those voices that say things, those inner voices like, I'm never good enough. I'm never safe enough. I'm never successful enough. I never have enough. Sound familiar to anybody? The problem is we can never outrun those internal voices. And we actually miss out on the kind of life that is described in John 10.10 as life to the full, life abundant when we spend our lives running to avoid dealing with these inner conflicts. We need these things to come up so that we can discover who we really are in Christ and it's nothing to do with whether you're enough, whether you're successful enough, have enough, are doing enough. It's to do with whose you are. And so the cure to these thoughts is not to run, it's to stop and face them to allow these unhealthy thoughts to surface and then allow God to do the deep work of healing us and teaching us who we are in him. The cure to the inner turmoil of shame, fear and insecurity that lurks inside a busy life that tends to come up in Sabbath is to know that he's God, that he loves us and that he's in control. He's not controlling But he rules and he reigns and he holds the universe and he loves us. And unfortunately, when we don't stop, we actually treat ourselves like little gods in control of our own destinies, running in a race that never ends. And freedom from these messages of shame is found when we trust God to tend to even the ugly inner voices that gain volume in the silence of stopping. Can I just say to someone today who's tried Sabbath and that internal voice has been so terribly difficult for you, please push through because the enemy only tries to steal, kill and destroy that that is of high value. Sabbath is one of the richest treasures of intimacy that you will ever find with Jesus. The only way to get better, the only cure is to keep Sabbathing. Those thoughts aren't endless. The pit's not bottomless. Those things will come up 
and I found it hard for a couple of months but then I got to the other side and woohoo never given it up again you know many of us have been in the habit of overworking for many years and so to begin Sabbath can be a physically painful process not just emotionally If we've been running at a hyper pace and living an overly packed life for any period of time, our brains have gotten into the pattern of releasing hormones and chemicals to support this. And so when we stop, we literally experience the physical pain of withdrawal from clinical adrenaline addiction. Wow. What can this look like? For me, it looks like a racing mind, feelings of anxiety, I had restless legs when I'd sit, like shaking legs. I'd reach for my phone, even if it wasn't there. I would take my watch off and I'd keep thinking I was feeling notifications on my watch and I wasn't even wearing it. I felt fear. I felt like I was forgetting something all day, like this sense of foreboding. I had physical symptoms as I was learning to stop. And so once I learned from a psychologist that this was clinical adrenaline addiction that I was withdrawing from, from violating God's gift of limits, I was able to embrace it and push through because I wanted to be healed from that. Think about it. We don't even like to stop at stop signs. (laughs) If we can get away with it, we won't stop. Like red lights annoy us, right? We choose the fastest lane in the shops. We choose the fastest moving lane on the freeway. We don't like to even pause, let alone stop. We have wired our whole lives to fight this and to find this difficult. So give yourself grace and give yourself time to learn to stop. You know, this would have been a thing for the Israelites when they came out of Egypt after generations of work, work, work. They would have found it emotionally, they did find it emotionally difficult. We see that right throughout Exodus. They would have found it physically difficult because their bodies would have been used to moving and producing, producing, producing. We're experiencing something our forefathers had experienced as well, which is why God said, remember the Sabbath. Don't forget, don't avoid it. Because Sabbath is a gift that is so worth the initial physical, emotional, and spiritual pain. Believer, listen to me. Prophetic person, listen to me. Don't believe the lie that because you tried Sabbath and it was physically, spiritually, emotionally painful for you, that God wasn't in it. God is in it. This is us detoxing from our incorrect rhythms and culture of the world. So today, let's pause and spend just a few moments stopping. Just take a few deep breaths and just make yourself aware of God's presence. If you want to, you could even say this out loud. I make myself still so that I can know that you are God. And I am not. I make myself still. I know you are God. And I am not. And just here, ask him wherever you are, are there any areas in my inner world that are preventing me from stopping? Am I hiding or running from something you want to free me from? Based on that confession, what Holy Spirit has shared with you, why don't you spend a few minutes making a practical plan for what you need to get done in both your paid and unpaid work to be able to have a full 24-hour period where you completely stop 
Maybe you can't start with 24 hours. That's okay. Plan four hours, plan two hours, make a plan. Trust me, it won't be easy at first. I was like a junkie coming off email. (laughs) I was like a little crack baby. Oh my goodness. But it will be worth it once you retrain your spirit, your body and your mind to stop. There really are treasures to be discovered in this place and I pray you find them. Psalm 4610 in the Passion Translation says, Surrender your anxiety, be silent, stop your striving, and you will see that I am God. So there we have it. The first pillar of a biblical Sabbath, the doorway, the entry point. The first thing we must do, stop. Maybe the hardest, but there it is, stopping. Next time we chat, we're going to look at the second of the four pillars of biblical Sabbath, which is to rest. Love ya. Talk really soon.